Hello everyone, my name is Fiona Levy and I'm delighted to introduce this new series for Scarif Bay FM called Behind the Business East Clare Entrepreneurs, where I'm going to be chatting with innovative and enterprising business people around Clare, but mostly around our own locality of East Clare, some of which you may already know, but have exciting new projects on the go and others who live in East Clare, but you may not have even heard of yet. So I imagine my first guest of this series is less well-known locally, but is very much a star in her field. Roisin Kion, who lives in O'Gunnelow, is founder of Ireland's most awarded new creative agency, The Brill Building. And she specialises in brand transformation and marketing innovation. Roisin was named Image Magazine's Creative Businesswoman of the Year 2022 and has won numerous awards for her creative projects, which include the Mary Keating Foundation, Tourism Ireland, Repack, the Kilkenny Group and an amazing project for cancer research, which I hope you're going to talk about later, Roisin. So, Roisin, you're very welcome to Scarif Bay FM. Thank you. We've actually been trying to get together for months, I think nearly (laughs) a year now at this stage. And I'm so glad we've been able to sit down and chat about your amazing work. Thank you. So, can you start off about telling us a bit about yourself and your background and how did you arrive in Clare? Because I know you're not a Clare woman. Yes, I'm from County Antrim. Um, So my first stop on the way to Clare was Dublin for college and I built my career there um, for 15 years from 2003 until 2018. And at that point, I was head of creative of one of the bigger um, advertising agencies in Dublin called DDFH&B and they were going through a merge at that time and um, a lot was going on and I made the mainly house prices, Um, um, my husband and I made the decision to um, take a leap of faith, really, and um, move to um, Agonolo, beautiful Agonolo, to a beautiful house, and to really, as I might say, reach into the back of the cupboard and take out a new dream. Um, And I knew that I was at a point in my life where, having grown up in the countryside, if I didn't try it because it's something I'd always wanted to do it was never going to happen so that's that was the beginnings of of moving to Clare. Right okay so what inspired you then to 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 start the creative agency and what were your initial challenges then especially living you know in rural Ireland Uh, obviously the internet has helped you but (laughs) tell us a bit about that. Well you know the truth is that entire time was um, we had spent three years house hunting in Dublin and I always tell the story, you know, on location, 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 where Kirsty and Phil introduce a couple like, Roisin and Graham have seen a hundred houses. And you know, mm. at that point, it's not the house's fault, it's Roisin and Graham's. So we had dithered in Dublin, Mr. Opportunity. And then we tried to do everything differently in terms of the move to Clare. And we knew that we would have more freedom uh, in my career. I was feeling that I might be tied to certain ways of working that were, weren't compatible with family life or the work I wanted to do in Dublin and yet I didn't think that you could live in the West or East Clare and still work in top tier advertising. So whenever I left Dublin in 2018 I thought I was done Mm. to be honest and it was only taking on small projects locally. I always talk about Eugene Hogan who asked me to work with him initially and so the business grew organically. I actually had, I did some work with Eugene um, almost built a bit of confidence to work sort of freelance um, with smaller enterprise while still freelancing sort of remotely to um, Dublin but travelling up for that and then I acquired a couple of quite big core clients, Kilkenny Design and Breakthrough Cancer Research that again came to me through a referral right. um, 
And so I did the projects and we really had national projects before I decided we better formalise this into um, a business, an agency. Right. Fabulous. So um, tell us then about those key projects mm-hmm. and, and, and how that built your agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know you've got some fantastic ones like Paddy Irishman. I'm really intrigued by that one. So maybe you could tell us a bit about those and the the cancer research one as well. Well, I'll start with the cancer research one yep. because that was the one that, that made that made our name. I've spoken previously a little bit about what we did with Kilkenny Design on their, their rebrand and to set them on a new direction. Um, but what the work that we did with Breakthrough Cancer Research in Cork was very similar. So I got an inquiry, a phone call from a, a very compelling lady called Orla Dolan, who's the CEO of that charity. And they are, um, they were a small cork charity doing world breeding research. Um, And at that point, they had no proper brand structure. I think Orla said, I want to make an ad. And usually what I say is you need a brand. So we, we did everything. We... Um, did the focus groups, created the new brand story, the brand transformation. Um, and then often what happens is it's like, well, what are, what are we going to do with this? What's the first campaign? How do we bring this to the world? And um, the shop that nearly wasn't was the first piece that we did. And the story about that is we needed to show that research was more human you know, it's a, it's a right. funny word, research. So in <clears throat> there's like 10,000 charities in Ireland or something like that. The cancer charity space is dominated by the Irish Cancer Society. So in order for them to make a national impact, they had to kind of really explain why their remit was special. Mm. So they work in per prognosis cancers. So I'm always conscious, actually, anyone listening to this, everyone's affected by it. So you're always speaking about a topic that's um, affects a lot of people. Orla would say your first audience is someone who's been diagnosed today. So what you need to do has to be sensitive. And our research had shown that people wanted hope. They wanted a success story. If I'm going to hand over my donation to you and not the local GAA right. club, who also need it, by the yeah. way, I want to know that it's going to good work. So we mm. really had this entire um, strategy that was about positivity, shocking positivity, that can, you know, our cancer can be solved. It is being solved. The more money we give it, the quicker we'll solve it is actually the truth of it. Really, the limit is focus. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first campaign we come up with was, well, how can we show the proof that research works? So instead of talking about the treatments, isn't really the proof that research works as the person that's sitting at your kitchen table. Right. So you're bringing the personal, who the whole personal Who wouldn't be touch, otherwise. Yeah. And yeah. then creatively what you want to do is take that a step further. Right. So we said, well, actually, okay, if the person sitting at your kitchen table is the proof that research works, what did they do with their day? Mm. Did they make a jam or design an implement or a create art? And that's how the idea for the shop, the first shop 100% stocked and staffed by cancer survivors. Staffed by cancer survivors. Lovely. Yeah. And that we launched that in uh, 4th of February 2020 on World Cancer Day. Became the biggest story. Um, we created that with a really tiny group, amazing group of people all working together. Um, friends of mine from, you know, uh, advertising over 20 years. Um people who give a huge amount of time, to be honest, because, of course, for the topic as well. Right. And an amazing client team. I mean, the team in Breakthrough as well. We're, we were all finding the, the survivors together. We mm. were all stocking the products in the shop. Um, and that was really, I think, proof to um, me, the team I was with, and the industry that we could work in our way, which is quite different. I can talk to that as well, that we could work in our way and create work as impactful as anyone else. And that particular piece of work went on and won numerous national, international And is that store still going on right now? 
It's still online. Right. <clears throat> Great. So we only, we ran it in Temple Bar for one week. Okay, like a pop-up. Uh, like a pop-up, yeah. exactly, like a pop-up. So. Okay. Great. And so what about things like Paddy Irishman and okay. Champion Green, all those ones <laughs> that you've done? So if uh, Breakthrough was the first um, breakout Mm-hmm. Uh, job that we did and the, back then it was like inconceivable that you know a team of 10 people could pull off a campaign that big and go on to win Euro Effies as we did yeah, all by lots ourselves. Yeah, of awards. Um, and so then uh, actually around that time one of the people so on that team there was Dan Henson, Peter Snodden, Ross O'Callaghan and Maria Rolston and they were the core team for that very first project. Right. And around that time all the way back then um Ross also had an idea of his own. So he's a uh, DOP by trade. He's a photographer and um, he had an idea for a photography project. So late at night in a bar where all good ideas come from on the back of a beer mat, he said, I've had this idea for 15 years. Paddy Irishman, I want to photograph Irish men called Paddy. And would you do it with me? And immediately I could see what a huge idea it could be and that it could tell a story of Ireland and identity and lots of themes that I'm very interested in. Um, I think coming from the north and you uh, moving to Dublin, you're aware even on this island we've different I- right. concepts of identity yeah. um, all the and time. And then moving to East Clare again. <laughs> and then moving to East Clare. I always say I only moved to Ireland whenever <laughs> I moved to East Clare. I think don't think Dublin is actually Ireland, I've realised. So... Um, Yes, <clears throat> that was way back then. That was actually uh, 2019 was the first time he mentioned it. Right. And so we started the project in 2020. We launched it in 2021 with, um, right on national TV. Right in the TV. middle of COVID. Right in the middle of COVID. So from the beginning, he'd said, and I want to launch it in New York. And yeah. it was such a big, crazily big dream that um, we really wanted to... Um, it's sort of it's the sort of thing that gets me tickled because yeah. it's a challenge and the impossible is where great great things happen. Right. We basically went on RTE. It was the very first COVID um, St Patrick's Day show. They didn't have a parade. Instead, they had Ross as the very first story wow. with Maura and Dahi. So after we'd gone on RTE and he had asked Paddy's to get in touch, we were overwhelmed with the response. 500 Paddy's got in touch. Of those 50, um, he photographed these beautiful photographs over the next 30 years. People like Paddy Keelty, uh, Paddy, um, Patrick Harrington, the golfer. Um, wow. We photographed Paddy Hill and Paddy Maguire from the, uh, the Birmingham Six and the um, Maguire Seven because that story of identity in, in, in Irish identity in England was important. Right. And then we we told, we told lighter stories. You know, we mm. find um, 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 Patrick Scott, who's a young child in integrated education in the North, telling a story about a modern Ireland. We find Paddy Smith, who's a social media superstar. And the very last photograph that Ross took was of a Ukrainian baby, the youngest Paddy that we have in the collection. And um, he was born in Ireland. His mum had s- sought refuge from the war. Right. And she named him Paddy as a thank you to the Irish oh, people. Lovely. So Great. there's a there's a lovely story in all of those. Yeah. We took their bios and then we needed to launch it in New York. So in March this year, after three years of building it, we landed in New York and created the bi- biggest visual arts launch stateside by an Irish artist in many years. We sourced um, a landmark Manhattan exhibition space in the middle of outdoors in the middle of wow. um, Pershing Square Plaza. We had a projection mapped um, press launch down in Broadway. We had the Paddy Times Good Newspaper, which told the stories of the Paddy's in all the New York newsstands, a billboard at Times Square, the Paddy's walking in the parade. And um, as a result of all the success of the campaign, we've actually been able to secure the worldwide rights to the phrase Paddy Irishman. 
Fantastic. Yeah. So we partner so, with Tourism Ireland for that. Okay, brilliant. So that explains your choice of music that you've given me then. Yes. Do you want to just <laughs> quickly introduce your choice of music and then I'm going to ask you a little bit about your personal life afterwards? Yeah, perfect. So um, it's a song about New York, which has always been um, very iconic for me. I travelled there whenever I was a kid. We launched Paddy there. That's elevated you know, what we can do as creatives really believe in an idea to hold different level. And of course, the name of the business is the Brill Building. So the Brill Building in New York, and it was an iconic building in the 1950s and 60s for Motown. So they had everything in the one building, composers, producers, songwriters, yeah. artists. And what they used to say was you could walk in to the door, you know, with an idea and out with a hit single. And I really like that analogy for what Fabulous, we try yeah. to do here. Too. Yeah, great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm out at Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere. Yeah, they love me everywhere. I used to cop in Harlem. All of my Dominicanos right there up on Broadway. Pull me back to that McDonald's. Took it to my stash spot, 560 State Street. Catch me in the kitchen like a Simmons whipping pastry. Cruising down A Street, off-white Lexus. Driving so slow, but BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out there bed stop. Home of that boy Biggie Now I live on Billboard And I brought my boys with me Say what up to Tata Still sipping my top Sitting courtside Nicks and Nets give me high five I be spiked out I could trip a referee Tell by my attitude That I most definitely from Walking with my click though. Welcome to the melting pot. Corners where we selling. Africa been by the home of the hip hop. Yellow cap, gypsy cap, dollar cap, holla back. For foreigners, it ain't fair. They act like they forgot how to act. Eight million stories out there in the naked. City is a pity, half of y'all won't make it. Me, I got a plug special where I got it made. If Jesus paying LeBron, I'm paying Dwayne Way. Three dice, Elo, three card Marley. Labor Day parade, rest in peace, Bob Marley. Statue of Liberty, long live the world trade, long live the king, yo. I'm from the Empire State, that's. So they could step out of bounds quick The sidelines is lined with casualties Who sip the life casually Then gradually become worse Don't fight the apple Eve Caught up in the in crowd Now you're in style And in the winter gets cold In vogue with your skin out City of sin It's a pity on the whim Good girls going bad The city's filled with them Mommy took a bus trip Now she got a bus out Everybody ride her Just like a bus route Hail Mary to the city You're a virgin 
happening And Jesus can't save you, life starts when the church in Came here for school, graduated to the high life Ball players, rap stars, addicted to the limelight Empty in May, got you feeling like a champion The city never sleeps, better slip you an ambient Okay, thank you, Roisin, for that fantastic choice of music. So many entrepreneurs, as I probably know from personal experience, do suffer work uh, burnout. And and there is an issue with work-life balance, particularly, as we all know, with working mums. Mm. And I know you've got a teen and a tween. <laughs> um, so do you want to just talk a little bit about how you can balance? Because obviously your agency has taken off now, which is such a success story because you 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 took off really during COVID, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> so just talk a little bit about that and how as a mum, I know you have a very supportive partner, mm. husband. Uh, I would love you just to talk a little bit about the work-life balance bit. Yes. Um, so... I am achieving no work-life balance at the moment. Um, I do refer to the business as the third baby. And I think up to this point, I've been happy to give it that energy. Um, That sort of almost round-the-clock energy that you might have with a newborn has been the analogy that I've used, funny enough. But increasingly, I know that I have to try and bring more of that in. Um, The main... Uh, when you're doing something that you're passionate about and creative people are like this mm. and it's a fault in advertising as well you're driven to make it as good as it can be every job is a school project right so it's never finished it's only yep. how good you can make it on the other hand that energy as we begin to scale the business has to be managed otherwise not only will I burn myself out I'll actually burn the team out yeah so um you have to I don't know that as an entrepreneur you'll ever set lead by example necessarily because you always have to, there's a certain level that you you, you will always be committed to. But increasingly I'm um, looking at strategies to try and balance that. I can't tell you I've achieved it. I left Dublin because really I was burnt out whenever I left then. Having autonomy in my what I do means that a lot of that burnout is mitigated because I feel a lot of that is about not having control, right. you know. And certainly we've had such an exciting story so far. Yeah. Um, now, as we begin to scale, there's different pressures coming in. Um, the, the best thing I can do is actually get out of my own head. So I nearly need to get out of the house for that. You know, I mm. walk up my Lhasa with the girls. I absolutely love that. I've got a great gang in the gondola there. Great. It's a walk up my loss on a Saturday morning or a Friday night in the dark. Um, and that's fabulous. Walking is, or swimming in the lake. I mean, I've absolutely just love, I've taken to the cold water swimming. And now when I 
make time to do it. Absolutely love it. You mentioned about work and mums there and yeah. COVID. There's no doubt, you know, all of this was made more possible because of COVID. Remote work. I had an instinct that offices were kind of redundant for a lot of, uh, mm. you know, I don't believe that they're a viable work delivery system anymore. So we had a lot of advantage. There's no doubt that COVID kind of helped. I could build the business from the kitchen table. Right. I could travel when I needed to. Mm. Um, and the world was going increasingly remote. And that is great for being able to be there when the children come home from school. Yeah. I think every working mother and working parent listening will say that the flip side of that is they come home from school and you're saying, shh, mommy's on a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you do wonder if you weren't actually physically there, would they, you know, would that be less <laughs> of a problem? I, I do remember yourself and myself a few years ago with Owen O'Hagan sitting at your kitchen table. Yes. <laughs> and that's how we met yeah. working on a project of Owen's. That's right. And, and yeah. you had... One of your kids was, I think, sick at the time, maybe, and, and on the sofa. And it, it was fantastic. And I said, this is how working mums need to work. Yeah. You know, we need to have that flexibility for entrepreneurs who work from home. Well, the whole business is set up that way, Fiona. So it's fully remote. Um, it's great for older, you know, uh, more established creatives is what I should say rather than older. People want more flexibility in their work. They know mm. what they're able to do. I think man balancing that with younger creatives who actually also want to work remotely, by the way, but maybe aren't benefiting from that system as much will be something that we'll have to grapple with a little. It's easier for us now because of our scale. Bigger businesses are having more challenge about how to build those teams, you know, right. whenever it's all remote. But what I would say is... Global teams do it all the time. Right. You know, um, there's this obsession that you all have to be in the one place, um, yeah. I think, is a mindset rather than a requirement. Yeah, great. And and we are all getting used to working remotely now. So great. It's a great example that you're giving there, yeah. Roisin. I'd love you to share some advice with us on for, for aspiring entrepreneurs um, looking to enter either the creative industry or, or start their own creative agency mm -hmm. or something similar in the, in the creative space, say. Yeah. What can you tell our aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, I do live by certain aphorisms. I love a, a little motto. And you. so you, I'm probably sharing other people's advice that I live by. Um, but there are ver some very key ones for me. The first one would be do what you love, but be the best at it. So you, you have much more chance to excel if you're doing something mm. you're passionate about. Um, um, the second one, um, I actually cogged off Christine Lampard. I read, must have read it in Hello or something. Anyway, she had this line that was, jump and the net will appear. And when yes. I was leaving Dublin without a plan, not knowing if there was even broadband in this house in East Clare, that was my, I, I recited that uh, daily. And I really believe that's the flip side of if there's a plan B, you'll always default, default to plan B. Yeah. So make plan A happen. Um, and then... Um, the, in terms of success of the business, it's been work with great people who are equally passionate and um, have a different point of view to yours, right. but really love the work. Like We love the work we yeah. do. At the it's Brill all Building. about finding, the, surrounding yourself with great people of different perspectives. Totally. Not yes people. No. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Yeah, people that are better than you at what you do really is yeah. what you need. And advertising's always been like that. You're mm. working with illustrators, artists, writers mm. who are super talented. They're feeling very, well, it's a very yeah. exciting industry, yeah. I have to say, um, even though it's under more pressure. So that that's the ethos is you're you're hiring the very best people and and really giving them the tools to to bring you what they what they love to do and it's actually helped us with I suppose we've been working with smaller budgets but a lot of the way we work with the the creatives that we uh, 
seek out is to be able to give them that creative autonomy. Right. So that's why the standard of the work we've been able to do is, is really quite good yeah. because of that freedom that they we can give use, them. They can innovate themselves. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Finally, finally, then, mm-hmm. uh, if you had to sum up the essence of what you do, your, your agency, in a few words, what would that be? Um. Well, I suppose you can tell I, I never use a few words if I can use 10, so I'll try and keep <laughs> it brief. Um, we like to find new ways to do things better. I don't like waste of time, people, talent, resources. So we've designed a leaner way to basically put more of the client's budget into the end product. Less meetings, you know, less deliberation, more rigour at the start belief in the idea and then get it out into the world. And from that, we've been able to deliver fame for people. We really believe fame is a driver of growth. Okay. So when you say more rigour at the start, it's all about the preparation, isn't it? The planning. The right insight. Yeah. Really, really focused. The right insight. Really clean idea. Make sure you stick to that idea being, um, you know, articulate it and you continue Mm -hmm. to refine it during the process so we work in a very agile way we believe in agile principles Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean waiting for the answer to be perfect before you begin which is the traditional way it's saying we we know this is as good as it's going to be right now and then we continue to refine it in development so roisin kyon from the brill building how can people contact you if they want to well, our website is still in development four years on because we're so busy making client mm-hmm. um, projects. Fantastic. That's a plus. <laughs> That's a bonus. Um, so if you go on to buildingbrill.com, you'll find my mobile number there. And that's the simplest way we have of um, getting in touch with anyone. And you're on LinkedIn too. On LinkedIn, on um, you can see the work on Instagram at The Brill Building. We're going to finish then with your second piece of music, Roisin. Just tell me briefly a bit about it and then we'll finish up on that. Um, so I chose Paul Simon's Obvious Child it's a song I only came across recently but I'm a long time Paul Simon fan because he's a consummate creative he takes inspiration from everywhere mm. and I think it's a Peruvian marching band I think you told me it might be Brazilian so I might have been set in Brazil <laughs> but probably they flew in the Peruvian band yes and it, I just love that he heard them and wrote a song around it I, I think that's a really good analogy for what we Fabulous. try and do yeah the YouTube video is amazing so anybody who <laughs> likes this song go and look at it on YouTube as well thank you
following the light across my room I watch the night receive the moon of my day Some people say the sky is just the sky But I say, why deny the obvious job? Why deny the obvious job? Why deny the obvious, child? 